Deconstructing Dogma is a video bonus series hosted exclusively on Patreon. Patrons of the Deeper Pulse have unlimited access to these weekly extras in exchange for their support of the podcast. Learn more at patreon.com forward slash the deeper pulse. The stories and opinions shared in this episode are based on personal experiences and are not intended to malign any individual, group, or organization. You're about to hear excerpts from Deconstructing Dogma episodes 26 and 27, where Tracy and I sit down with our guest, Lucy Page. Lucy is a current instructor at the org, and in this two-part conversation, we speak about power and accountability. So I started with the org, I want to say maybe in 2014. I was struggling with a lot of things in my personal life and my my relationship was tough at that time. My marriage, I had just had my third baby and was struggling with that. So I needed an outlet and just to get back in touch with myself. So it was really lovely for that. I've been teaching for almost 10 years now. Mm -hmm. We had a really thriving community where I live and we had many, many people taking belts the recruitment was strong here. <laughs> and so it was worth it for the trainers to come here. I mean, we would have yeah. between five to 12 people in the belts, which is pretty good for where we're located. I am still part of the org. I still am a card carrying member. I'm still teaching classes three days a week. So there's that. And like we've talked about, I wasn't part of HQ. We were on the periphery, but I could even see just, you know, as a student and then a teacher that it, there was messed up things happening there, but I felt this kind of distance and also this hope that that would evolve and change. And then even, so as my mentor took her role in the inner circle, I was like, oh, at that time I was like, well, this is great because she could be the catalyst for really creating a different experience from the HQ world and that that could really help our practice, you know, that we all love so much. And so I was really hopeful about yeah. that. She knew it would be challenging to step into the inner circle and she knew many, many people have tried and failed, you know, but she thought she would get through there and make some big changes and, and maybe she will, you know, but it, what it feels like and my lived experience with her is that that is not the case mm. at this point. And I think for people like me who are like kind of hanging on like, okay, the next phase of our practice is going to look different and inclusive and that it's going to be accessible to more people. And I don't, I don't see that. Um, evolution in this way. But mm -hmm. like you're saying that if, if this practice will stay viable, if the org is going to stay viable at all, they're going to have to mm -hmm. evolve. But I don't, I don't know if that's um, yeah. a thing. And I'm just so, know? so struck by, first of all, my own personal lived experience of holding out hope for a change for the next evolution of the org for when mm -hmm. things feel better for when we get our shit together, what, however you 
you know, express that. Stopping yeah. a cult. When we stop in the cult. <laughs> Succinctly put. And how many decades? And so for me, the reach out has been. I've had a series of falling outs with headquarters over little things, but the most recent one, there was a post of Marissa and the COO of the organization attending a virtual Tony Robbins event. I only knew about the post because my students started messaging me. Um, I had three separate students message me. Hey, did you see this post? I'm really upset about this. One of them was a family member <laughs> who was like, I'm not going to keep participating with this organization. Her whole life has been in advocacy for assault victims and domestic violence mm-hmm. victims. And so she was like, uh-uh, no, this guy yeah. is not good. And so when I was getting these messages and I started researching him, as I felt uninformed and I wanted to, I clearly knew I needed to address it as I'm losing students and I want to take care of them and I want to take care not to be propping up a known abuser. That's important to me too. And they knew that I've worked in advocacy for women's rights for a long time in my other life. So as I was doing the research, I was just shocked to see the accusations that had been made against him from really reputable sources and not 30 years ago, like just Mm -hmm. a few years ago, like right before the COVID shutdown, you know, his disparaging the Me Too movement very publicly. I mean, I know we've talked about that video of this brave woman standing up to him in front of all those people. And I saw that video, um, but then also other videos of him berating emotional abuse survivors and just the way he spoke to people in front of these huge crowds and that they all have non-disclosure and they're not allowed to speak out. They're not allowed to videotape what happens inside the facility. They're not allowed to share any information. And then also then these accusations of sexual assault by employees who work for him uh, and that he had hired expensive attorneys, people who had represented the likes of Bill Cosby and Donald Trump fight these women who were coming forward with abuse allegations to silence them. Having this information, I decided to reach out to the COO of the org. She's new in this role. I think been there for, I don't know, maybe two years and had been my former mentor. And so we had a relationship, which Mm. has been strained since our studio closed and I've moved on to teaching elsewhere. And I really avoid contact (laughs) as much as possible, but this felt like (laughs) And also, I just thought there's no way she knows about this. Like, also because I really care about the practice and the brand and and all of that, like this has to be brought up. And so I messaged her privately. I may consider just commenting on her post, 
But then I was like, mm, that doesn't feel respectful. That's just going to open a tinder box. Like it's not necessary, you know, to stir this already tumultuous pot, like just message her, you know? Yeah. And I was so thoughtful and careful in my language and how I crafted the message. I have known this person personally for a very long time. And we had a really close relationship at different times. So I really knew <laughs> that yeah. I, if she was going to listen at all, it had to be non-combative, non-accusatory. And in our practice, that's what we do, right? Be right. impeccable with our word and not making assumptions and not taking things personally. And so I employed all those tools and I wrote a really nice message saying, Hey, just wanted to bring this to your attention. I've had students let me know. I'm sure you didn't know about this, but here's the things. Here's some links. Here's a video. Here's, you know, I have concerns about the appearance of our organization being in support of this person at this time. I mean, it's not a, not a good look for the brand. Uh, and my students are unhappy. I'm losing people from my classes over this. So can you have a look at it? And the response shocked me because it was so dismissive. It was, yeah, I know. I know this. I've been to his trainings before. I don't agree with who he is as a person outside of his trainings and even a lot of the techniques he uses in the trainings, that they're highly inappropriate. And, you know, I can rise above and I can learn from someone who's different from me and I can take this knowledge that is serving me and let the rest go. And then, you know, she made a comment how she just thought it's so, what did she say? It's so fascinating, so fascinating that someone could see a picture in one sentence and make up this whole story from just one moment of my day. And I was like, Ugh. okay, well, now I'm mad, yeah. <laughs> you know, because I was being respectful and I felt like I'd been chastised like a little immature child. Like I also am able to learn from people who are different from me or that I disagree with. And that like this complete dismissing that you can't put a picture of yourself and the founder of the org online. And say, I'm so excited. We're doing this training. Unleash your personal power. And we're, you know, and not be representing the org. You're representing all of us. Mm -hmm. And we are all then propping up this person. So it gives him space to say things like, what do you mean? I would never harm women. I love women. 90% of my staff are women. I've sat down with, you know, the founder of the org. She's a woman. Like, I mean, these yes. are the tools that people use to, you know, harm and abuse forever. <laughs> so for me, I was like, oh, well, now I have a real problem. As yep. This is unacceptable to me. I don't want to be part of a group that is supporting this man 
This isn't about the gray. This isn't about shadow work. This is about violence against women. And that's black and white to me. When someone is abusive and there's video of him abusing people right in his trainings, videos that I shared with her, like, no. I mean, there was one of the videos where this woman stands up and says her husband was emotionally abusive or partner. And Tony Robbins is like, well, what does that even mean? Emotional abuse. Are we so sensitive that if someone's going to tell us, you know, in a strong way how they're feeling, we're going to claim that we're being abused? That's not abuse. He says to her, maybe he was mad because you were acting like a crazy bitch. Did you ever act like a crazy bitch? Did you thank him for putting up with you when you behave that way? Maybe you were being emotionally abusive. And I'm just like, he's like the the king of gaslighting. Yeah. He's gaslighting her in front of thousands of people, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I just was like, I can't, I can't. I mean, my Mm -hmm. partner that I left was emotionally abusive. That's part of why I had to get out of my marriage. So I was like, oh no, this, this is not okay. When it comes to the further victimization of women. I'm not going to do anything to prop up those people in leadership ever. Like, I don't care how powerful they are, how many people they've helped in the past. That doesn't matter to me. If I know that they've been an abuser, I will not spend my time, money, or energy propping them up. Yeah. So how did she reply to that? Lucy, please stop. That was the message. Three words. Lucy, please stop. <sighs> and I literally got that message. And I was like, what? Stop. Stop. What? Stop what? what if I even? I-, I thought we were having a conversation. I was so thoughtful and respectful. And, you know, and I, I haven't shared those messages publicly, but I've shared them with you all. And you know that. They were respectful. So respectful. I was so not respectful. accusatory. I was not abusive. Not uh, even a little. But previously, like a week before, she had made another post about how she received an email that had been really hurtful to her and that she was really open to feedback and wanted to get communication from folks. And so she had posted this just like a week ago about how she wanted constructive feedback which was really the only reason I considered reaching out to her this time was like, okay, well maybe I can get in there. (laughs) And so I actually copy and pasted that sentence that she had her own words into the message. It was like, Hey, you, you wrote this just a week ago, you know, and this is why I felt like you'd want to hear from me about this. That's the only reason. I'm not trying to cause problems for you. I'm just trying to communicate my concerns. And her response was, yes, and I stand by those words, but I draw the line at verbal battery, and I've had enough from you. And that was it. And I was And like, I want to okay. really reiterate to y'all that there was nothing aggressive about your tone, Lucy. Like, there was nothing... That would no, even in fact, remotely... I felt I'd been too kind. I felt like I wasn't I had the same thoughts, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, so I was just like, at that point, what do you do? So my final response was, well, 
that was never my intention. As I stated, my intention from the beginning Mm -hmm. was just to communicate this concern with you. I did not want to cause harm to you. I still don't want to cause harm to you. And communication is not battery, but I will not, I won't respond again. Right. And I didn't. Within 48 hours, she then made a post publicly on her Facebook page about receiving a charged message from a colleague, you know, regarding this training and how important it was to be able to recognize people's shadows and understand people's imperfections and still be able to learn from them. And it just was this really like condescending, you know, that she's so enlightened that Tony Robbins is this horrible guy, but he has good things to say, you know, so we can just listen and take the good and throw out the bad. And hey, we've all got things that we're ashamed of. We've all made mistakes. We look at what is this in service to? Like, what is this post really in service to? And if she can convince people to accept a really flawed and verbally abusive leader, it serves the brand. Correct. If she can get people to accept that, well, you're going to have this imperfect experience. And yeah, the things you see in I Am Not Your Guru, the pseudo documentary with Tony Robbins are going to sort of parallel what you're going to see in an org training. But you know, it's okay. Because this is just shadow. This is just how it shows up. And it was a beautifully crafted post that she wrote. Oh, right. She did a really great job of making this argument. I would have bought into it for sure at one point in time, without a doubt. And I just think it's really important to zoom out a bit. Why is it important that she defend this? Aside from being passive aggressive toward you, Lucy, which I feel like was part of it too. Right. Why did she spend so much time on this? Makes perfect sense. Especially in light of the podcast. The podcast has been out for a while as this is all going down. Mm -hmm. So there's a buzz within the org community itself around these patterns of abuse within Mm -hmm. the company that she's working for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I had never really considered that bigger picture because it's been, it was so intense just for me personally. Right. Mm -hmm. And there is also a pattern within the org of, you know, publicly dragging people who dissent. That's right. Or even have questions. It's not, it doesn't even have to be dissent, like a a big deal. It's just like, oh, this is kind of weird. Is that Uh okay, everybody? And then it's like, how could you question our fearless leaders? They're so amazing and working so hard. And and I've seen more than one public figure within the org who has been publicly shamed. Then saw a lot of their names in the HEO Facebook group. I was like, oh, here we are. Imagine that. You know? like, man, am I making something out of nothing? Am I creating something that doesn't exist? Right? Because this is what happens when you're being gaslit, right? As maybe this isn't a thing. Maybe other people think he's great. And that it's awesome. Nobody in the organization has a problem with our founder and COO going to this Tony Robbins training. No one cares. Everybody thinks this is awesome. Well, if you only looked at her post, that's what what it looked like. That's right. Right. But then you get to ATO and there's literally over a hundred comments on this thread 
about how destructive it is and how upsetting it is and how if, is this the way that the org is headed and why would the leaders be looking to this guy for mentorship? And, and it's like, oh, okay. And that's what's been so helpful for me yeah. is just the validation of like, oh yeah, I am not crazy. Yeah. I am not making this up. This is a toxic situation. Yeah. And I, my feelings are valid. Yeah, hell like, yeah. That's it. <laughs> it's like, you know. How do you feel about doing this given that you're licensed with the org right now and that they might revoke your license because there's a non-disparagement clause in the teacher's mm -hmm. license, which is culty mm -hmm. as fuck to say like, I will never speak negatively, negatively, which we know <laughs> how that's spun. Right. Right. And who negative. decides, right. Who decides who's negative. But you'll never or, speak negatively you know. about any, I can't remember what it is, but it's like teachers, trainers, or the practice. Like they could say you're in violation of that. Do you want to speak to that? Why you decided to do this anyway? Well, I feel like if that's the case, they can have it. Number one, I'm kind of over the ultimatum lifestyle. <laughs> I just that's don't right. want to do that. And, and I don't, my intention is not to be disparaging or negative. My intention is to say, this is something, thing that has helped a lot of people, right? There's so much good that comes out of it. And then there's also this really toxic piece that needs mm -hmm. to be addressed. <laughs> and is there a way forward that's just not culty AF? I'm not sure. But also, we didn't use the name mm -hmm. very intentionally. We didn't name my home studio or my mentor. And will people deduce who those people are? Probably. And I don't ever want to cause harm. There's no sense in it. And if people ask me direct questions, I answer my questions, my lived experience. I get to do That's that. Right. And if I don't, then I continue to victimize myself. That's it. Which is yes. like, right? That's not okay. I'm not going to carry on that abuse for them to protect them. And I also believe, not just for her, but all narcissists that I've dealt with in my life anyway, to not be the villain is essential. Mm -hmm. Like, it's about being the victim or the hero, yes, but right. never the villain. Mm -hmm. And so I also That's think it. there's part of it to fill the narrative for themselves that yeah. um, they have been victimized and that they don't need to consider that maybe they were wrong or could do something differently or that we could both be wrong. Like, I mean, there's, there can be fault on in both corners, you know, but it's about like controlling that narrative. And so the fallout of that was basically... It's like when you say in the vow, well, nobody joins a cult. They join something good. They're joining mm -hmm. something good. And I think there's so much good, right? I see it every day in my students. I mean, all of my sisters, my mom, like I have so many friends that I've brought into the practice. So many people that I have seen really their lives change and mine included. Like I still think, oh my God, what would have happened to me? 
Had I not stepped into those classes, had I not taken those trainings, I really don't know. I made huge changes in my life, all things that were really necessary and really good and really healthy. And that's, for me, that's the struggle is that there's so much good, but then there's people being victimized. Yes. (laughs) And like, so we can't, like I said, we can't prop those people up. Exactly. Propping those people up. You got to find help and support other ways. And so that's where I'm at now. It's like, all right, I know I love to dance. Well, the org doesn't own dance. It doesn't own actually any of the moves or even the principles that they share and teach have been around. There's nothing new. I mean, these are ideas that have been around forever. And it's about taking that education that I've paid for like a diploma. That's what I feel like. Yeah. So now I'm just thinking about how do I take those tools uh-huh. and apply them in my community and keep doing my dance, keep doing my thing without propping up the org. That's you right. Know? So that's the line I'm walking at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it's a transition, right? It's a... Mm-hmm. It's a slow burn transition getting into these situations. It's a slow burn coming out. You know, it's 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 a fade. It's a how many mixed metaphors can I bring in? Um, <laughs> this is just a quick sample of a two hour dialogue where we talk more about accountability, about how it's different from cancel culture, where we examine commonalities between the org and the Tony Robbins training environments. And Lucy speaks very candidly about codependency and what her former marriage and divorce has taught her about using her voice and recovering from narcissistic abuse. If you'd like to hear the whole conversation and show your support of this labor and love podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash the deeper pulse.